Welcome everybody to our weekly halacha podcast. We try to talk about some little known laws and customs and the meanings behind them in Judaism. The past several weeks we've been talking about some of the customs associated with the wedding and marriage. I'd like to go to the other end of life right now and talk about things regarding when a person passes from this world and the laws of the morning. There's an interesting halacha that says before a person passes from this world, he should say vidu, he should confess his sins. The Talmud tells us that even when a person is punished by the court system, even a person that's put to death by a capital offense, for a capital offense, does not receive atonement till the person confesses on the sin and does tshuva. And then before a person leaves this world, it's important that he should confess the sins in order to be able to gain, to be able to, to gain forgiveness before leaving this world. However, the Lacha does say that if a person is frightened and is concerned that by, by talking about vidui, it might actually frighten him even further and thereby speed up his demise, then it would not be appropriate to say vidui with the person. Ultimately, a person should try to sell the person that vidui itself doesn't mean anything insofar as death is concerned. Many people have said vidui and they've lived quite a while after that too. But nevertheless, it's a good thing to make sure that a person doesn't, learn, doesn't leave the world without saying vidu, without saying the confession first. I've heard that there's a, in the German Jewish community, what they do is anybody that was in a hospital for more than three days, the Hebrew Kedisha would go to the person and tell the person to say vidui. That way, again, there's no guarantee that the person's going to die, obviously. Anybody, it's a, it's a matter of procedure. Anybody that's there more than three days, they say the vidu to make sure that the person should have confessed his sins before leaving this world. The person's unable to say the confession. Somebody else can say it in front of him, and the person should be cognizant of it and can say, can have in mind also the same idea that he wants the death to be an atonement for all of his sins. Preferably, if at all possible, the vidu should be said in front of 10 people. The reason for that, the rabbis tell us, is because the Shekhinah rests on a person's on a person on a ill on a person that's not well, a person that's sick, a person rests over there over his head. And therefore it's appropriate to have the minion together with the Shrina when the Shrina is there. Once a person passes away, Allah says that the eyes and the mouth should be closed. Sometimes they are closed naturally, sometimes they're not. It's brought down if the son is able to, the son should be the one to close the parents' eyes. One of the reasons offered for this is because when a person leaves this world, he's able to see a spiritual world, so to say. And therefore, we close his eyes so he shouldn't see the physical world in order to be able to have a clarity because he can't see both worlds at the same time. So in order to be able to have a clarity of the seeing the spiritual, we want to close his eyes from the physical. There are different opinions about if it's appropriate to kiss somebody after they've passed on. A couple of weeks ago in Torah portion, we find after Yaakov died, Yosef indeed did kiss him. However, there are different opinions. Sefer Hasidim says that a person should be careful not to kiss a son or a daughter that have passed on. But in general, in general accepted practices is actually preferable for a person. The Zohar seems to imply that a person that kisses a deceased person, there's an element of impurity that's transferred to the person. Therefore, it's, it's best to avoid it. A person should not look at the face or stare at the face of the deceased either. Again, the Gemara tells us over here too that initially they would cover over the faces of the, of the poor 
people. The reason being because the poor people who are perhaps undernourished, when they would become sick, their faces would turn colors. And therefore, it would have been embarrassment to them. So therefore, the, the poor people whose faces were covered and the, and the wealthy peoples were not. Therefore, afterwards, in order to spare the embarrassment of the poor people, they made it a blanket rule that everybody's face should be covered upon, upon their death. Generally speaking, that's done today too. Even the Chavu Kedisha, the sacred society, when they prepare the body for burial, they wash the body first and they, they, they clean the nails, etc. Throughout the whole procedure, they make sure that the face and the genitalia are covered over as an expression of modesty too. Part of this also is understanding when a person passes from this world, the rabbis tell us that generally speaking, he can still see until the burial. That's one of the reasons why a person has to be careful by a eulogy not to exaggerate too much because it can be an embarrassment to the deceased. If they say something positive, that's not true at all, or they say something negative. So a person should be careful to say the truth by, by a funeral, by eulogy. The halacha does allow perhaps to be able to say a little bit, exaggerate a little bit, because nobody really knows the extent of somebody else's behavior. We can assume that probably it's a little bit better than we know it to be, but a person shouldn't exaggerate too much because of that concern that it's an embarrassment to the deceased. And therefore, since the person now can see and he's hopeless, can't take care of himself, it would be very embarrassing. Therefore, it's appropriate to cover the person's face in order to not embarrass the deceased. After the person passes, it's proper that the body should be transferred from the bed onto the floor. One of the reasons offered for this is because the floor, first of all, is not makabotuma. The bed can become contaminated by contact with the deceased. The earth cannot become contaminated. And therefore, that would be, it would be appropriate, appropriate to be able to, to put the, bo- the, the body on the floor. Another reason also is because the floor tends to be cooler, that slows the decomposition. And although the person is supposed to be, says a person comes from dust and she'll return to dust, and that's putting on the earth, for that matter, putting on the floor, also is a little bit reminiscent of that. But again, also, it's, we know, we know the, body, the body, we want the body to decompose as, as so quickly. Therefore, that's on the cold floor is slows the decomposition. When the body is placed on the floor, traditionally the feet are facing the doorway. There's a lacha of shmira that after person is person leaves this world, the body should be guarded, so to say, until burial. Now the Talmud tells us the main reason for this was because to protect the body from rodents. There was concern that the person dies, that the rodents could take and could nibble, nibble away at the body. So that's how they would set up watchmen, somebody standing by, in order to make sure that this does not happen. Now today this would not be applicable because they usually in the funeral homes put the body in a cooler so that it wouldn't be applicable, they wouldn't, be, wouldn't have access to the, to the rodents. But now the Zohar says also another reason to guard the body, to protect the body from from physical, from, from spiritual spirits, so to say. There's a spiritual contamination and, which attracts spiritual spirits, negative spirits. So to protect the body from that, it's appropriate also to have a shmira. The person that stands by the body to shomer, to watch the body, and it's usually, it can be one person, it can be more than one person, sometimes they'll take shifts. The person, it's not appropriate to eat or to drink or even to daven in front of the deceased, unless you're davening for about the deceased, saying till him for the deceased. But otherwise, studying Torah or davening, other types of prayers, would be inappropriate because of a prohibition called loeg l'rosh. It's considered making a mockery of the deceased, that we can do mitzvahs, and the deceased can no longer do mitzvahs. There is a custom also, when a person, after a person dies, that the window, at least one window in the room, should be opened up a little bit, 
to be able to allow space, so to say, for the soul to be able to fly up, to be able to, to be able to leave. This is an accepted tradition too. The clothing of the deceased are permitted to be given to other people to wear, but traditionally the shoes should not be given. There are several reasons brought down for this, but there's an element of impurity associated with the shoes too, and therefore traditionally it's not proper to wear the shoes of the deceased. We'll continue God willing next week, and have a nice week, everybody. Ever think about starting your own podcast? The Maverick Podcasting Network makes creating and running your podcast easy and fun. Visit maverickpodcasting.com to get started today.